Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cobb, and we're with comic Khalid Rahman. Khalid Rahman, how the hell are you? Oh, I'm great, man. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's so nice for you to come on. Where can we find you do, I guess, comedy online during the pandemic? Well, it's very interesting you ask that because you can find me doing comedy online uh, at my weekly comedy show, Comedy Ting, that's every Saturday night uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, but then also, you can find me doing comedy in person very shortly. Whoa! Yeah, I'm coming back to the stage. I'm doing a show called Nerd is the New Black. Oh, that's uh, Ch- Charles McBee. Is that at a QED Astoria? Charles McBee's show. He's bringing it back to QED. They're going to do a backyard distance show. Uh, it's going to be really fun. It's, uh, I'm going to be doing the second show I believe he's having on July 4th, Independence Day. So uh, wow. it's going to be really, really fun. I'm sure you can get all the information on QED's website. Dude, let me tell you, I did 80 episodes of this podcast at QED Astoria in their basement. And I didn't know they had a backyard. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's really a, it's a cool little spot. So I think it should be cool. Dude, and yeah, I'm, I'm really waiting to see pictures because I want to see how many people they have and stuff like that. But it sounds like, uh, you know, it's going to be limited seating. So people got to get their tickets. I mean, people are starting up with these outdoor shows. I know of like four or five regularly scheduled now outdoor shows that have just gotten started. Yes. Uh, phase two here in New York City, like out on the, just one that's in a diner's parking lot that now has distant seating. There's one on the rooftop that started up last night. There's like two or three that are in parks every week now. It's really firing up. Wow. But, but in the meantime, they can also see Comedy Ting. And that is that Zoom or Instagram Live or what? So Comedy Ting is on, uh, it's on Zoom, but it's also on Twitch on Comedy Hub. So you can watch it live. You can be part of the audience. If you go to www comedyhublive.com slash ting you can get tickets to actually be in the zoom and like be unmuted and have your voice and laughter heard during the show or you can go to uh, twitch.tv and just go to comedy hub and you can watch the show just kind of like as a viewer there well yeah i'm looking at the june 27th lineup so you have a show tonight i mean this this episode won't be out in time but it looks like tonight you'll be playing with monroe martin yeah monroe martin super funny dave hill from comedy central so Uh, many fun people on the show every single week We've had uh, people from HBO, from Fallon, from Colbert, every single late night show you can imagine. It's a really good time. And we raise money for a different social justice charity every week. So that's a really good aspect of the show. So, so, so yeah, so what are, you raising, what are you raising money for tonight? So we're raising money for the Bail Project, uh, which is a great charity. It's working on all the issues to deal with the mass incarceration in our country. Um, also providing bail to like uh, protesters. It's been a really, really good organization. So. We're hoping we can donate a nice little chunk of change to them on Monday. Yeah, I see. I see your. Um, I see that now in your bio, the Bail Project, and um, I follow you there at Twitter, where they can find a lot of these links and things like that. And that's Khalid NYC. That's right. That's okay. at Khalid NYC on Twitter, and I'm more active on Instagram at Khalid Says. Well, hey man, if you're on a show with Charles McBee, he's a former guest, and you guys are just uh, you guys are the visionaries for coming on Copping with Comic, and that's how I know your comedy is quality. Yeah, man, Charles, <laughs> my OG, like we, we started like pretty much around the same time. I think he's a couple of years ahead of me, but we would perform at this place called 739 Franklin, right near where I live now in Crown Heights. And it was the best. I still dream about that place. I had a great show there. Oh, Every Thursday, it's so up and coming and it was a party. So you started with the right people and that probably just made you go the extra mile. Like that's why you're still a comic today, man. If you start with the right people, it can be a lot of fun. 
No doubt about it. I remember when I first started, uh, I remember listening to a lot of podcasts about comedy. And like Dan St. Germain had a podcast, and he said something that sounds terrible, but in hindsight was 100% true. He said, if there's one piece of advice I can give the young comics is don't hang out with bad comics. <laughs> like, <laughs> they will drag you down into their terribleness. Yeah. If you're a good comic, you will outgrow them and they will become resentful and you will no longer be friends anyway. So just don't even start hanging out with bad comics. Yeah. And it's really been true. Like the only people I hang out with are very funny people. And it's, it's like, it's kind of messed up in a way because there are like plenty of nice people who do comedy who are not not good comics but you just can't hang out with them it's sad yeah khalid left him behind long ago man in in your rear in your rear view your rear view mirror is littered with shitty comics (laughs) everybody in my crew is very solid people (laughs) andre is like my partner in crime we used to have a podcast together we still do a lot of projects together we're doing corporate zoom comedy shows together right now he was with alan a couple years ago he's killing it but B, obviously, if you follow Charles B on Instagram, the dude is putting out the funniest content. Yeah. I mean, yeah. more, more than anyone right now, he's just like working on these hilarious sketches every single day. I, I mean, the SNL packet is out right now. And I, I, if they don't hire him, I don't know, know what they're doing because he just cranks these things out with the machine. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm retweeting him all the time because, yeah, he's having conversation with the Karens of the world. You know, he's, he's using their audio or whatever, and then he's responding to it in real time, and it's a lot of fun. And such culturally specific funny stuff. Like he's yeah. from like a church background, like both his parents are ministers. Wow. So he had this new one where it's just him doing a baptism with his dog and his his, his uh, sister. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah, he uses his yeah, he puts his finger in holy water and he kinda dabs the forehead. <laughs> I think I saw that. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. So freaking funny, man. Well let's yeah, let's talk real quick about the topic today, which you supplied and I love, which is I don't know, man. It seems like as a white person, I'm just discovering that, you know, there's some racism out there. Dude, it's like, it's so hilarious to me that like, I go on social media every day. I'm like doing my my videos and just trying to like figure out what's going on. And so many people that I know personally, it seems like they have just discovered racism last month. <laughs> like, where have you been? What is going on? Are we not living in the same world? But then the answer to that is obviously no. We're not living in the same place. Like I'll see people post stuff just like the most basic level stuff where they're explaining how like black people have to deal with certain things that white people don't have to deal with. I'm like, this is stuff you should have learned in like second grade. What is happening to our education system in this country? (laughs) And then like the sheer amount of things that the white people do not know about black people and the history of black people in this country is truly astonishing. Like just, I mean, just especially like when it comes to stuff like atrocities, like people started learning about Tulsa and what happened with Black Wall Street only like two months ago because Trump decided he was going to have a rally in Tulsa, yeah. which he later canceled. Yeah. And I'm like, why do I not know about this? Like, and I realized they don't teach this stuff in the, in the history books in schools. Yeah. They learn very basic level stuff. But basically you learned slavery, that happened, then Reconstruction, then Jim Crow, then this, and then Dr. King came and everything was solved. And then Obama, <laughs> and we are no longer racist. That is like the history you learned I think as a white person in public schools about racism. Absolutely. Like I haven't even like, although I heard that there was a, you know, just, you know, an awful thing that went on in Tulsa, like, you know, from articles recently, like I still, yeah. And I still don't know what the fuck happened in Tulsa. I didn't go any deeper, you know, a long time ago, but you know, just the fact that he picked it on Juneteenth and it was Tulsa, you know, there's quite the bit of blowback, which of course Trump just loves because his his base uh, is full of a couple racists. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's also interesting, like, Beyond stuff like that, like this is basic stuff about 
the struggle and why black folk have been so upset about the state of America so long that, again, I just think most white people don't know because it doesn't affect them day to day. And it hasn't been like, I guess, that important to them until recently, since we all like are at home now quarantining and it's time to look around at what's going on. Yeah. And people started filling the streets for protests, like, like redlining. If you don't even know that that's like a huge thing that pretty much led to like most of the financial trouble for black folks today, where the government just basically decided that black folk were not eligible to live in certain places or get loans to own, own homes. And that is how people build wealth to be able to have connections, to be able to have success. And yeah. like that little thing is a huge thing, but like people don't know about it. So when black folk complain about inequality, they're like, what are you talking about? You guys had a black president. There's a black people <laughs> own NBA basketball teams. What are y'all talking about? And it's like, no, 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 dig a little deeper and you'll see what the problem is. Yeah. And so, you know, kind of like you, you mentioned collect, you know, pre-pod, you mentioned collective action versus individualism. Kind of what can you teach me about that? I mean, that's just like something I'm thinking about a lot lately. Because when, whenever I go to the supermarket, it's just in your face. Like people just will not do the right things as a group to get us out of this pandemic. Oh, like not, not wearing masks at a supermarket. I mean, not even just that the mask thing. Like you'll see people do things like, I made a video about this. I saw this one woman at the local Korean like grocery, like um, produce shop that I go to. And she was walking around. She went to the avocados and I swear to God, this woman picked up and like, like t- tested with her hands, every avocado with no, no gloves on, no nothing. No, I'm like, that's... you cannot be raw dog in the avocados. <laughs> what are you doing? You're trying to get everybody COVID. This is insane. Yeah. She's just touching everything. It's like, people, stop touching everything. And you know, <laughs> you know that bitch has it too, because she's doing a bunch of other ignorant behavior too. Oh my God. And then I looked at her mask, and of course she was wearing her mask incorrectly. She had her nose sticking out. Uh. And like, People should realize, like, wearing your mask with your nose sticking out is like wearing a condom that just covers your balls. <laughs> like, you, you are not doing it correctly. What yeah. are you doing? Yeah, even if she didn't touch it, she probably would have snotted all over the fucking avocados anyway. This bitch, this bitch has it. Oh, my God. It was, I was infuriated. I was looking at her like, what are you doing? And oh, then everyone else in the, in the, in the place started looking like, we got to get this chick out of here. This is, this is, this is a problem. But like, probably, they're, they're, Everyone wants to do what they want to do because we're such an individualized society. Yeah. Like it's like Nike, just do it. U.S. Army, Army of One, it's your world. Do what you want. But like we need to like do things collectively to make sure we stop this virus and just we just haven't been able to do that. Even like state to state, just no one's the same page. Yeah. So even even the things that set up structural racism are probably the same things that have everybody just spreading the pandemic like crazy. Like if you cannot even wear a mask because you want to do what you want to do. No black person across the street, you know, that person's plight doesn't matter to you for shit. Absolutely. Everyone's just thinking about themselves and not thinking about like how do we make the group better. And yeah. that's why I'm, I'm so pessimistic about how we're going to get out of this. Yeah, my like, next question was how are you going to change that through your comedy or are you doing additional kind of social, ju- social justice thing, hitting these protests, doing comedy videos to kind of expose, you know, teach people about Tulsa, teach people about redlining? I mean, I'm, I'm starting to make videos that are just issue-based. I want to make them funny first. That's always my priority. But I still <laughs> want to make sure that, like, I'm talking about something. Yeah. Like, now is not the time to just be like, oh, iPhones are weird. You know what I mean? Like, that's... <laughs> you can't. You just can't. Like, I'm, gonna, I'm getting back on stage next week for the first time in four months. Okay. And I just know from watching other comedians who have already, like, been out there, like, Mark Norman was out there doing a show a couple weeks ago. Down yeah, that, that, was a nice, that was a nice clip. I enjoyed it. 
yeah. And like, it was good to see he's talking about something. He's talking about like yeah. the current state we're in. And you have to, because people, otherwise people look at you like, what planet are you on? If you think like it's appropriate to talk about crap that doesn't matter to our world right now at all. It's like, yeah. talk about what I'm going through. So I think it's going to be a, a delicate balance though. Like I'm also kind of dreading getting back on stage because I know I'm going to be on shows with people who are all talking about the same subject. Yeah. And it was kind of like that after Trump got elected. Like, I don't know if you remember, but like every comedy, every, every like showcase comedy show was like five comics in a row talking about Trump and maybe Gosh. one. And it was like, Jesus Christ, if I hear one more bad joke about his like orange skin or his stupid hair, I'm going to fucking scream. Like yeah. it was really, really disappointing. But if you, um, so, if, yeah, if you got up there and talked about Tulsa or redlining or something like, you know, I, I'd be at least interested enough for you to keep my attention, you know, where the jokes would work. You know, if you can't be funny, be yeah. interesting, because at least they'll pay attention until you're funny again. But yeah, yeah if, you, if you pick these particular things that I don't know about, I, I'm really going to be interested in that. Yeah, you have to use analogies. You have to try to make it relatable to people. But you also have to like, I think at this, at this time, especially, you have to be very personal in your comedy. Because again, we've all been playing in the same sandbox for the last four months. Everyone's been at home, everyone's been quarantined. Everyone seems people being ignorant with their masks and with their lack of distancing. Everyone's gonna have jokes, jokes about Zoom. Like all these things that are pretty much common experiences. You have to talk about your specific individual experience with that topic to make it like unique and funny. Yeah, I mean, so even like, yeah, it's almost you'd have to skip and just tell me about any instances of, uh, you know, unfair treatment in your own life. Like that would just be, first of all, it'd be different from everybody else on the show. But second yeah. of all, it would be something that would be current and now. Yeah, like well, I'm going through this, like lately, I have, I'm, I just figured out that I've pretty much been having this like, it's weird as a black person to have a new experience with racism. Does that make <laughs> sense? Like, like you think after, like I'm, I'm like 42, so like, I thought I had been through every kind of racism. <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, there is new, there is more. And this weekend, <laughs> it's part of that because I've been applying for to get my own one bedroom apartment. And I didn't know a lot of these like quote unquote rules of real estate with rentals. Mm -hmm. And there's this thing where they want you to make 40 times the monthly rent at the place that you're looking to rent from. Yeah. And, I mean, in New York City, like, unless you're killing it, you're just not going to be doing that. And if yeah. you don't have that 40 times the rent salary, then they want you to get a guarantor who will like co-sign the lease with you and guarantee that they'll pay if you don't pay. And that person has to have 70 to 80 times the freaking rent of the place you're renting. And that's a person who's just killing it, making like in the six figures. Yeah. Now, because of redlining, because of all these policies that the government had for years to hold black people down, most of us are less likely to have a person in our lives who makes over six figures. That's just a fact. Yeah. The average white family makes t has ten times more wealth than the average black family in America, right. and so guess who guess who's having a hard time finding an apartment? <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like I, I posted this thing about it on Instagram, just like this, this little story, and then my former boss saw it, and he's a millionaire, and he was like, "Dude, I'll I'll guarantee you." I'm like, "Oh my god, that's amazing!" So and like, but it took you kind of creating comedy content for somebody even to be like, "Oh shit, did you know that you knew one millionaire at some point?" I mean. As you know, a white person might have a couple millionaires that they knew in their life. It's not, and it, beyond that, though, it's like even just a person who makes $100,000 a year is yeah. a very rare acquaintance for a black person. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, I had all these people, these, like, acquaintances and, like, like former classmates and whatnot hitting me up being like, hey, I, I saw what you posted. Yo, I've never been able to get in the park without a guarantor. 
I always had my dad or my cousin or my <laughs> or whatever. And basically, a bunch of white ladies were like, I always had like a, a white man in my life who made a lot of money to take care of me. So I guess like racism. <laughs> oh my like, lord! Yeah. But do, so, I, do I love the fucking yeah? I love the the fact that you're kind of finding new ways of you know people being racist or the system being kind of you know stacked stacked against you. There is there is kind of you know. There's What's one, there, there's some companies called the, like the, the guarantors.com will actually, uh, you can get them to do it for you. So it's a company that will do it, but you do have mm -hmm. to pay them. You do have to pay them. So like you pay them, like, they're like, okay, we'll guarantor guarantee up to this amount. And you'll pay us a grand or some shit. So, yeah. so it's not much better, but you know, you shouldn't have to resort to that. It's nuts. It's, it's funny. Like with racism during this time, I, I kind of think of it like Jurassic Park. Like, you know how all the dinosaurs were female, yet somehow they imagined to make more dinosaurs? It's like, racism will find a way. <laughs> <laughs> racism find will a way, and racism will find a way. It's like, oh, we're all locked inside? Oh, we're still going to find a way to kill unarmed black people. Don't you worry. <laughs> I, love, I love that because white people are going to laugh at that because they, they watch Jurassic Park. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, they're like, oh, something we can relate to. <laughs> yeah, you're speaking our language. And so is any of this stuff, you know, before, I guess it will now, but before the pandemic and things like that, before white people discovered racism, like, were you talking about any of this stuff on stage or were you kind of primarily trafficking the old iPhone joke or whatever? No, I always, like, sprinkled in lots of, like, social and political observation in my comedy. My, my Conan said, I look back at it, it was like, almost four years ago at this point. But it's all about like my background on why I am this way and like having gone to a radical black nationalist middle school. And, like, <laughs> just like how we would sing the black national anthem instead of like the the American national anthem, you know? So we just, I just always talk about the kind of stuff because it, that's what interests me. Like I'm fascinated by race and the, the dynamics of what makes this country go and how people interact with it from like both ends of the political spectrum. I think it's like, the main interesting thing about our country well yeah you're perfectly positioned then because i imagine there's a couple comedians of color who were talking about other shit before this sure i mean it's also one of those deals where i can't i got to a point where i just can't get up there and talk about something i don't really care about so like now yeah. before we before covid i was talking a lot about having roommates and like the difficulties of it and since then i have so much more material that it's just from life experience of stuff that's happened what being in quarantine with roommates and yeah. frankly they're like trifling behavior that like i'm like as soon as things would happen i just write them down like, oh that's gonna be a joke <laughs> <But> <laughs> thank that, you and uh, thank you annoying roommate you just gave me a material yeah yeah so like i i feel like whatever I'm, whatever I'm talking about there i have to like it has to be something that's really interests me and like it's a thing where i'm telling the audience oh hey check out this thing i was thinking about the other day and it's yeah. genuinely my, that, what that point of view you know well, it's cool that the things you're interested in include race, you know, racism and things like that, because, I mean, you're just going to get up there at Nerd is, what, Nerd is the New Black and Comedy Ting, and you're just going to fucking slay, including your show tonight with the luminaries, including but not limited to Monroe Martin. Yeah, man, I'm so excited for that show. Uh, it's become a real highlight of my, of my week. It helped me get through, like, pretty bad depression the first few weeks of, of uh, quarantine, which I think a lot of people went through, just, like, having that show, just, like, in a place to, like, express myself with comedy was a huge thing for me. Well, I'm glad it's getting you through because all your, you know, the tweets and stuff that we follow, it's like, that's, that's what's getting us through. The people who can't go up on stage, we follow Khalid NYC and that's how we get our, our rocks off. Oh man, I really appreciate that. Yeah, definitely make sure to follow me. At Khalid says on Instagram, there's always done some stuff. I'm starting to make these like, like really uh, specific stories that are going to be a little longer, like com comedic expression on my story every day. So check that out. 
and definitely stop by Comedy Thing. It's such a good time. We raised so much money for such a good organization. So. Yeah, and please, yeah, please do keep doing those Instagram stories because you never know how many people you knew were were once a millionaire. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> I need I need all the guarantors I can get. Dude, sounds good. Khalid Rahman, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me.